Hey everyone, I have an exciting announcement. Have you been struggling with your motivation lately? Feeling like 2020 is just a write-off? Forget big goals, clear direction, or creating anything of value. If you can just survive the rest of the year, you'll feel blessed. If this sounds like you, I am announcing an amazing one-day virtual retreat I'm creating called Reclaim 2020. I can help you take back your power, fuel your motivation again, and actually make 2020 your best year yet. I rarely offer services to the public outside of my long-term coaching program. So this is a one-time event and the early bird pricing ends August 15th. So get on it. You're going to feel like a different woman after one day with me. And if you're in Australia, Europe, or another part of the world that can't access the full day retreat, you're in luck. I'm offering a full replay mini course and bonus material and an opportunity to use these tools over and over again to create more wealth, success, and fulfillment. Head over to reclaim2020event.com or visit my website, sonyastatman.com, for all the juicy details. I promise you, you don't want to miss this once in a blue moon opportunity. Welcome back to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. Every week we dive into juicy topics for women navigating the business arena, leadership, and their personal self-development. We reframe business and life with a more feminine lens to help women find more fulfillment, freedom, and success. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and today I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, Laura Schick-Guzman. Today we thought we would talk about something that has been really real for me and really something I've been exploring. And it just so happens that this topic also relates to a virtual event that I'm launching pretty much now. So this will be very exciting. Um, And it's really around reclaiming 2020. I feel like 2020 has been the craziest year I've ever experienced in my lifetime. And I find a lot of women who've had to navigate childcare and shifting of roles with their partners and home and, you know, social distancing and all the many, many things we've had to experience. I've found a lot of people are feeling demotivated. They're kind of, you know, thinking 2020 is a write-off. And I'm here to tell you 2020 can be our best year yet. And that's what I want to explore. What do you think, Laura? This is such a great uh, reframe because I have been hearing so much of the same from my clients and from friends and, you know, just peers in the entrepreneurial space that they're about ready to just hang up 2020. You know, let's wait till post, you know, COVID one day, this is going to be over. I'm just going to kind of hibernate and just hope for the best, right? (laughs) It's just like, let it go. But there is such opportunity here. And it speaks to what you and I love about the feminine approach to business as well, is that so much of the treasure is really in the hard stuff. It's when you think that nothing is moving, you may feel like it's just, you know, stuck and you're not doing anything, but there's a lot going on underneath the surface. There's a lot of opportunity here. So I'll just pause there and let this conversation unfold because I'm excited. 
Me too. And, and I think, you know, what I've just been feeling is like we can take back our power because, right, so I think a lot of us have started to feel powerless, right? We're powerless to the virus. We're powerless to social distancing. We're powerless to our kids not being in school. We're powerless to everything that's happened with George Floyd and, you know, in all the things happening in the government. There's all these pieces that I think we're feeling discouraged by. And so then when we're feeling discouraged, when we're feeling powerless, then oftentimes we lose motivation. All the juice and and the momentum and the excitement that we had is just deflated. And I think also none of us have accomplished the goals we set out in January, right? Like I think, you know, everyone starts off their new year, especially in business, and you've got this idea, I'm going to rock this year. It's going to be this amazing year. I've got all these amazing goals. And guess what? I doubt hardly anyone has achieved them so far this year because of all the craziness. And so then it gets that discouragement feeling where we start to be like, okay, it's just not worth it. I'm just going to just let it go until something outside of me changes. And we forget how powerful we are inside, how much we can change inside. And that's the amazing thing that I think we have to explore. Yes. It's, you know, that whole taking our power back is profound. And I feel that a lot of people don't know where to start with that feeling. Because like you said, the dominant feeling is helplessness, hopelessness, and, you know, just kind of throwing their hands up. But there's so much opportunity to step into that inner place of self-agency, of choosing, you know, how do we in, um, there's a beautiful quote from um, Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl. He talks about like this, you know, having this, there's a space between, you know, the stimuli and the, and the reaction And it's that space where we have choice. We have space to be able to say, this is my choice. This is how I choose to be in this. Even though I couldn't change that stimuli, it happened. I have this ability to choose my response. You know, what's my frame? What's my perspective? What's my, um, how am I going to position this and work with this in my life? Yeah. I don't think we give it enough credit, right? We don't give that power to choose enough credit. And sometimes we think that's just impossible or, you know, we have to have we have to do so much work and effort to change things. And this is that power of the feminine versus the power of the masculine is like we can just decide. We can just choose in this very moment. And that can change everything, right? We, we so often think it's this so much effort, so much work. There's a hundred steps I've got to take. But actually, it's just a shift in our decisions. It's a shift in the way we look at things. And I think that is exactly where we start. I mean, one of the things that's so powerful that we don't talk enough about is our desire, right? Like what is our desire. And the, and one of the pieces I think about this particular year is that what we desired in January may not be what we desire now. And desire is this like energetic fuel we have, right? If we're going to really create, if we're going to use our superpowers in the feminine and as women, then desire is like a key piece of that. And so we have to start with looking at what do we really desire. That's the place to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really allowing ourselves to feel the desire that there's still permission. There's still space 
to desire and to allow those desires to shift. And if you find yourself feeling like, oh, this is not at all what I had hoped for, you know, many of us are like, wow, this is not anything that I could have predicted. But get quiet, you know, really embody what is this feeling that I want to bring forward? What, where is my desire? Where is it in my body? How does it move me? How does it motivate me? Because it's, it may be a little bit small or it may be sitting in the background, you know, trying to figure out it behind all of your what ifs and hopelessness and hopelessness, but that little fire can be something that we turn our attention to and really start to cultivate. Yes. It's about stoking it, right? Like I think a lot of people have these smoldering, we don't lose desire. Like it's still inside of us, you know, but we have these smoldering coals right now. (laughs) And so we have to spark them. We have to, you know, stir them. We have to remember what that feels like. And the body compass, right? And the feeling in our body is actually really important because it's one of the ways that I help my clients look at what their real desires are. Because if we don't get honest, about our real desires. We won't have the fuel to really create. I mean, this is the truth of it. And so, so many people come to me and they start telling me their desires, their goals, their vision, and it doesn't feel like it doesn't have a feel to it. And I'm like, well, what does that feel like? And when they actually explore their desires, so often it's it's actually their mind. It's actually a concept. It's actually an idea they have. It's not really their desire. It's this idea they have of what they should desire, what they're permitted to desire, what they're allowed to desire, right? And this is that sort of patriarchal influence is that women tamp down their desires. They always have. And we've been taught since birth that, you know, we can only desire so much that if we desire too much, it's bad. You know, we, we need to desire, but it, you know, it has to be within these parameters. And I, I watch this constantly when I'm working with people, especially one-on-one, where we start to explore what their desire is or what their vision is. And, and they're, the limitations that are coming out of their mouth, right? The ideas of what it's okay to desire. And I'm always like, why? Why is it just okay to desire that thing? What's the what's the real thing you desire? If you could have anything, if there were no limitations, what is the desire? That's what we have to start to stoke and really bring into like a fiery flame. Absolutely. And it's really interesting, and I'm sure you experience this with your clients, is that when I ask some of those types of questions, it takes people a minute to even shed all of those stories and that narrative, you know, of what's not possible to allow themselves to dream, to to really just go, you know, go big with what that desire could look like, what they're and you know, what you said about women, I think that is so true too. I see a lot of Um, This is that conditioning that we've all gotten where other people's needs are more important too, right? So, oh, you had this desire, but now the kids are home and it's homeschooling time. And so you got to put all of that on the back burner or your partner also has all this going on. So you got to put that on the back burner and we can just be notorious for that, putting it all in the back. I want to encourage listeners to think about the infectious energy of desire And by putting it out there, what that can do for other members in your family, what it can do when your kids feel your excitement. Recently, this actually happened where I wrote a piece 
something I, I think it was just a blog piece, but it was something that felt really good. And I did a little happy dance in my kitchen after I was like, yes, it's finally, you know, like one of those that you labor over and then you're just like, it's done. And it felt very creative and expressive. And, and I was just kind of dancing around in the kitchen and my, you know, six-year-old, he notices it and he comes over and his little body's kind of shaking. He's like, mom, what are you doing? You know, what's going <laughs> on? And I'm like, I just published my blog. And he's like, yay. <laughs> exactly like what's happening. But it's like that energy, you yes. know, and that is contagious. He's feeling good. He's like, oh, my mom's excited about something versus if I was to sit quietly and kind of brewing about all these things that I want to do, but it's just not. I just can't do it. Then most likely I'm going to be irritated. I'm going to actually snap at him when he's just like, oh, I'm going to have a snack, you know, and instead of coming from this place of sharing my excitement and, and finding a way, hey, family, like how do we all get our needs met? How do we talk about our desires? How do we model that for our children? Yes, yes, yes. And here's the thing, right? Creation is energetic. Right. I think we you know, we get caught up into this sort of masculine idea. Creation is having a plan and yes. it's taking an action step for that plan. It's having an outline. It's having a structure. It's having strategies and objectives. Like that's not creation. Right. C- women know creation. We birth creation. Right. Yeah. We know creation. <laughs> and creation is energetic. Creation is like it moves things. And this is what's happened, I think, you know, through this year is there's been a lot of change, a lot of shifting, and we're still trying to operate the way we were instead of looking at how we want to operate now, who we want to be, what we desire right now, what energy is moving through us. And that's one of the things I really have been, you know, I've always believed that we need to follow our energy in business. But lately... I've really been taking that to heart. In fact, I won't do anything that isn't following that excitement energy, right? So it's been super interesting at what happens. Like definitely the the, um, influence that you have when you're energetic, when you're following your energy, it is contagious. It changes everything. Like just, it's so interesting. So I've been watching this manifest in my life where the more I follow my energy, the more magic happens with the least amount of effort is just, and it is awesome. And so we have to remember that creation is energetic. So if we are stuck in either trying to push something that we don't actually desire or just trying to go with the flow or just trying to survive, if we're in any of those places, you can feel the energy of that versus like, no, I'm ready to create. This is what I desire. I'm feeling it. I'm following my energy. That's just a whole different reality and it produces different things. Yes. Yes. I was just thinking the other day about that difference between the feminine, the creative energy and how that moves in us, how it's very circular, how it's ebbs and flows. It's it's like a wave. It sometimes you're really going, you know, energy out and you're taking action steps, you're getting things done and then it kind of slows down and you reflect and you renew and you have, you know, more of like a introspective time and then it comes back up and, you know, raises up again and how that contrasts so much with the, the masculine sort of upward progress at all costs and how for so long women have tried to run their businesses from this masculine lens of, okay, 
here's the bottom of the this to-do list and then I've got to get up here or here's my business plan and it's just one step and the next step and climbing that ladder just like you were describing and that is not how we create the new world it's not how we no. reimagine it's not how we actually can get to the next place of creating from our imaginations like it has to be circular and it just brings in all of the things that we we often talk about on this podcast is that it requires permission it requires compassion a lot of letting go what no longer serves us and stepping into what really fuels us and learning to tune in to those those feelers you know that somatic awareness like ah oh, this is what really works for me i can feel my energy aligned Yes. And that is just such an important part of this process is that how do we really use that body compass to understand when we are actually in a creation that we want or whether we're stuck in someone else's creation or we're stuck in something that's in our mindset that's very limiting. And that's the thing. I don't know a single woman and I've worked with a lot and I know a lot. I don't know a single woman who doesn't limit her creations, who doesn't limit her vision, who doesn't limit what she wants, right? And this is what we have to bust through. This is what we have to break. And reclaiming 2020 is really about us being willing to go beyond those limitations. Like, what do I want? And so, you know, I've been posing this question and my clients have been doing a really deep dive into wealth creation and what wealth means to them and redefining wealth. And it's been really amazing to watch. And one of the things that's so interesting is that as they start to really feel, so I've been asking them questions like, okay, if you had millions of dollars, if it was just like all that, you already had it, what would you do with it? What would you do with your money? What would that feel like? And the interesting part is that, you know, no one is creating anything that they couldn't be starting now, right? But there's like this idea that they can't do it because there's a limitation around money. There's a limitation around time. There's a limitation around energy. There's a limitation with the family, you know? And so those are all self-imposed limitations. When we take those away, when we bust through those, when we move through those, then we're able to create anything we want. And it does take time. This is not an unrealistic thing. Like I'm going to say, I want to make a million dollars and tomorrow I make a million dollars. Like that's not how it works. But when we have that mindset, when we have that commitment, when we have that intention, when we're no longer stuck in our self-imposed limitations, we create amazing things and we are on the road to those high-end manifestations. And what's so interesting is as you allow yourself to just even let go of the limitations enough to envision the bigger vision, everything changes in what you've accepted. So for instance, you know, let's say that you are like, okay, I'm going to make a million dollars in my business as an example. And you really feel that. You really claim that. You really own that. You really let yourself embody that, what that feels like. Well, then all of a sudden, when you go to charge your pricing, you're going to look at your current prices and be like, wow, that's too cheap. You know, whereas before you were like, oh, no one will pay me $300 an hour. And now you're like, wow, I'm really worth five or $600 an hour. So there's like a whole shift and change that happens when you're really able to stretch your mind to envision something bigger. Mm, that is, everyone just feel that, <laughs> you know, just feel that for a moment. And I, I love that you have this term body compass, you know, um, can you say a little bit more about that? I know you talk about that in your program, but like for our listeners, I know what you mean, but how do you use that and how do you really help people build that? 
Yeah, I love it. So the body compass is like our own internal understanding of what's true, right? So a compass points us to our true north. And so the body has all these signs and signals of what's true. We've not learned to listen to it. We've not understood our compass. And we also have to calibrate our own compass. So a lot of times when I'm working with someone, I might have them look at what feels heavy or what feels like, I might even give them scenarios so that they can feel their own body compass. Because what might feel heavy to me might just feel constricted to them. They might call it constriction. Or they might feel a lump in their belly, or they might feel a headache, right? So we've all got different uh, calibrations for our own body compass. Whereas when we're excited or when things feel really good, we might feel expansive or we just might feel light or we might feel, you know, excited. That might be the word we use. And so we've all got to kind of calibrate our compass, but the body never lies. And what's so interesting is that so I have so many clients and people and women I've worked with who say they can't trust their body right? Because they've, they've trusted their body before and it doesn't give them accurate information. And I call BS on that, <laughs> but we have been indoctrinated to not trust our body. We've been indoctrinated not to trust our intuition. Instead, we've been told over and over and in every possible way, in every possible message through that patriarchal framework, that it is our mind we have to trust. It is our reasoning we have to trust. It is our calculation we have to trust. That's BS. Our body has all the answers and we have to develop that body compass and learn to trust ourselves. Absolutely. Yes. And that's a reclaiming, right? Yeah. Reclaiming the body. And that's something you and I, I mean, that was one of our shared passions. It was it's it led us to create a business that was called Soma Vita, body life, because we've always really seen that power of stepping back into the wisdom of the body and that disconnect where we kind of stop. We only, you know, this sort of that is that old paradigm that masculine of everything happens in the mind and then below the neck, you know, we're just going to ignore because that's emotional, it's unreliable, or it's, you know, all of these messages. So it's so important to really, really reclaim the wisdom of the body. And I think that if you're not doing anything else in 2020, that right there is a powerful way to shift your energy and to make the most of 2020s really get back into the body. I've noticed that when collectively there's this peak of anxiety or contraction or grief and you can feel it, I can feel the need to move my body and just shake it out. I have been doing a lot more mindful movement this year because I can't do much else with that energy except go and do a mindful walk or just stand up and, you know, shake my body or just stretch and move. And I think that, you know, that is something that if you're at home and you feel like, oh, you know, what can I do for my business? It's like get up and put some music on and have a dance party with your kids, you know, do some things to just move, move and move that energy because that creativity and that, you know, is really where where it's at. And then I also want to add that one of the things I'm thinking a lot about is the trauma brain, um, because that's my background is working with clients that 
have been traumatized and they don't have the access to that thinking prefrontal cortex the way they think they do. Like, you know, they, yeah. they think they're making all this executive functioning decisions. But <laughs> when you're in trauma brain, meaning that you're in a place where your nervous system is dysregulated, then you are using your limbic brain. You're using the brain stem. This is the the animal part of the brain that's very much wired to, you know, fight, flee and freeze. It's a protective measure that's like, oh, there's threat. Either it's emotional threat or it's physical threat. There's something going on. And we are designed in a very protective way for the brain to just shut down a lot of that executive functioning so that it can survive and it can just make decisions, you know, really quickly. So this belief that when we're extremely overwhelmed and that we're just going to get more and more focused, like just get it together, right? <laughs> it's like just sit in front of my computer and focus and focus. That's actually, it's, it's just like beating your head against the wall. It's like going against something that's never going to shift because your brain isn't there. And so the only way to really shift it is to actually come back into the body and experience presence, safety, compassion, love. And then the creativity comes back on. The imagination is there for you. And, you know, so it's, it's really interesting that we're even trying in 2020 to kind of stay in this executive functioning, I'm going to get all this done, masculine space. And if I was to say I'm reclaiming 2020 for anything else right now, it would be my intuition, my body, my knowing, you know, how to be in the world. Yes. And I think sometimes we think it's going to be so hard when we're in a more, you know, challenging body place, right? When we're, when we're feeling fear or we're feeling a suppression or we're feeling grief, but it's so interesting because really, if you just even took five minutes to focus on your body, how is your body feeling? What are the sensations you're feeling right now? You know, it really shifts things. And we're, we're sometimes think it's going to be this massive integration. We've got to spend the next seven days at retreat in order to be able to move on. But the energy in our body can move quickly if we're willing to allow it, if we're willing to pay attention to it. And, and that shifts and moves things so that we can start paying attention to what we get excited about, what feels good as well. And this is the this really interesting thing, because when we're reclaiming 2020, one of the things we have to do is we have to go back and forth like a seesaw, right? We have to look at what we're sitting in, where our body is now, fear, uncertainty, all of those things. We have to honor that, allow that, notice where we're at, and we also have to put our attention on what we want. Like it's not enough to just keep doing all the self-development work and to keep integrating and to keep just looking at what's wrong. We've also got to split time to be able to look at what we want, what we desire. We need that energy moving through us as well. And I find not enough women spend the time to look at their vision, to feel energetically what they really want, to feel their desire, to imagine themselves creating whatever they want. There's not enough attention and that requires will. That's a decision that you make in order to do that. So it's like there is these two parts that are really important. We want to seesaw back and forth because if you're just focused on the integration, you're not creating. And if you're just focusing on creating, you're going to hit blocks because there's no integration. Yeah. Oh, so true. And that being with the energy is 
new to people sometimes, you know, they're just like, what? Oh, you know, what does that mean? And it it's actually easier than all of that, you know, cognitive wheels that we're trying to spin and spin and spin, because it really just takes that moment to pause and to slow down, to be a little bit more in the yen. And I mean, I think 2020 is a year in which all of the change makers, the futurists, like all of us that are really reimagining, it is our yen year. It is our year to be slowed down so that we can listen to our wisdom. And if we're not going to do it, the world is doing it. You know, this is what came out of that initial shelter in place. Now people are just come over it. But initially, some people were able to say, oh, this slowed me down. I had been going so fast that I didn't even know what I was, what was passing me. And so this whole year can be a time in which, you know, and when I say yen energy, that is more of the rest in yoga. There's like the yen is the restorative and the rest and yang is like the masculine energy, the moving, the action. And we can't actually move without the rest. And that a yoga teacher just reminded me of that recently too, that when you sit in the pause between poses, when you're like holding a pose, that is where work really happens. You know, that's where you really change the way that the body is flexible or the energy is moving and it gives you the strength then to move the body into the next pose. So Yes. It does. And one of the things I think a lot of people misunderstand is creation starts in the yin. Yeah. Right. So often we think of creation as the yang, right? We think of creation as the action, the movement, but the real power we have is in the envisioning. And that happens in the yin. That happens while at rest. Yes. That happens while we're in space. That happens while we're meditating. That happens. It's that, it's the energy that moves mountains. When we sit in that yin and we embody a bigger vision and we create what we want from that yin space, the yang is effortless. The yang is easy. The actions are super easy. What happens most of the time is we're trying to create from the yang with no yin energy, right? None of us have yin energy for the most part because when do we rest? When do we sit? I mean, I do a lot now, but you know, that wasn't always the case for my life. And so then we have no creative energy. We're just like exhausting ourselves through action and through effort. And so this is the piece I really want to change in the event I've got coming up. And I also think that we're really talking about this in this podcast is that we need to operate in a different way. Creation can be easy if we're operating in a different way, but it's not operating in the ways that we've been operating pretty much for hundreds of years, like centuries, thousands of years, maybe like operating through that masculine without the balance and power of the feminine allows us to create to burnout, to exhaustion, and limit our success. And that's the thing we can really shift and change this year. Mm, amen to that. That is exciting. It's um, invigorating. And it's reminding me that that is power. Yen is where there's so much potential. And it's the rest that we need in order to move into powerful action. Yeah. And look, we all need to be reminded of this every day yes. because we live in a world that reminds us of the opposite. So I'm giving you all permission to go sit in your yin, 
be in your rest, create, imagine, explore, envision. That's the energy that's going to move any mountain that you're facing right now. Yes. And if you need permission, just imagine because Sonia and I both have our hammock chairs in our backyard. (laughs) We will be there. We will be there with you in spirit and just staring out at the trees and just being still for some moments. Yes, I love it. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us and we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Women in the Business Arena. We'd love to welcome you into our community. Come join the Women in the Business Arena Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes. And if you want to learn more about me and my work, you can find me at soniastatman.com. See you next week.